The physical world is the only world we have. Mother Earth, I love you. Mother Earth, I love you. Mother Earth, I love you. I don't know what else I have, but love. It is very hard for me to say this. It is hard because a part of me is scared of sticking out and wants to hide, hoping that somebody smarter and braver than me will fix this world while I watch. It's hard because I hate arguments and I like to keep my private opinions to myself while maintaining a pleasant, non-abrasive presence and fighting my clean, safe, clearly defined public battles in a separate battle space. It's hard because I can't find meaningful enough words to say to anyone whose fear is real. And I don't believe that any argument or even undeniable facts have ever convinced anyone who had not already been ready to investigate reality head-on. But I am even more scared of Danny Coward. I was very sick, and I came out of it more honest and much hungrier for life and joy. My mind keeps coming back to a disturbing thought. What if people in the early Nazi Germany also closed their eyes and ears while their brains were unable to process the dark reality? What if the representatives of their educated class kept saying, Oh no, stop with the conspiracy, listen to the experts, your rumors are simply ridiculous. Until the darkness settled in and became the only normal thing that was allowed to be. And then the senses succumbed to it. What if this is happening again on a larger scale? What if my voice was given to me so that I could speak? And what if I don't speak, I will live and die in shame as I will be complicit in what the future generations will know as a long era of heavy, heavy, loveless darkness? What if I don't need the permission to speak because the respectable deranged who are trying to steal the natural world from us are not going to give me that permission? drowning us in paid-for expert opinion until there's no more life in anybody's eyes. And what if I need to give the permission to myself? What if I need to do it now? For years, as an artist and a curious person with an academic background, I have been keeping my finger on the pulse, observing the trends, connecting the dots, and forewarning my friends that based on my observations and logic, our civilization was heading in a bleak and dangerous direction. My gut was telling me that we were making a habit and fatigue-based collective choice to mute our innate instincts and to outsource our thinking and our decision-making to the algorithm, literal and figurative, and its corrupt representatives, who are far less competent, sane or well-intended than what we give them credit for. The dire situation I was observing was exacerbated and simultaneously masked by the extreme fragmentation. Every small fragment of the slippery trajectory could be explained and justified in clean and respectable terms, and it was. But if you put all the small pieces together and looked at the big picture, the big picture was undoubtedly of bleak, all-seeing, dignity-defying, nature-stomping technological fascism. While it was still a conversation over a glass of wine, it was almost titillating, like, oh wow, how interesting and strange. We'll see, we'll see what happens. And oh my god, holy crap, is it what we see? The news looks insane. 
Some of my friends are mourning loved ones who passed away in overwhelmed hospitals. The borders are closed. The global food supply chain is in a free fall. The physical world is deemed non-essential, despite the fact that it's the only world we have, however good or bad. It's barely legal to hug a friend, and the ED of the prestigious World Health Organization says out of his actual mouth that they need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them. Yes, I've checked the official transcript. Physical contact is scary. Sex is impossible. The future is uncertain. Technology is here to replace the world as we know it, and no one really knows what's going on. And somehow this is actually happening on my home planet in my lifetime, and I'm not dreaming. What's even darker and harder to think about is the fact that the overall psychoeconomic framework that is being pushed forward to save us from the virus has been in the works for years, if not decades, written about, funded, discussed by state power players and presented at TED Talks. The pandemic is undoubtedly hurting us terribly, and that is tragic and painful, obviously. But the manifest destiny-like technological fascism staring in our faces and requiring that we denounce the physical world and do everything through digital interfaces until the physical world is fully pre-equipped with sensors and monitoring devices, it is not a caring reaction to the pandemic. It is a pre-existing, almost religious blueprint that has its emotional roots in the centuries-old missionary confrontation with nature. It is an ideology that competes in its maniacal madness with colonial pursuits, with Hitler and with Great Inquisition, all of which, by the way, were based on fine reasoning that sounded perfectly sensible to many at the time. The planet will survive anything we do, but we may end up suffering terribly. Bottom line, the physical world is the only one we have. Technology managed by the people whose hearts are a mess is not going to save us. We already have more technology than what our bodies can handle. It is eating our brains. It is eating our space and our planet. If we hush our hearts and only listen to our computer-like brains, if we walk off the cliff with the maniacs, off the cliff we go. Pain is all I feel. Muzzle on, feelings off. Muzzle off, feelings on. Outside, moving my hips like it's spring. When the pandemic became big news in March, I didn't think it would last. Then I became addicted to Twitter and I freaked out, worrying about my hand hygiene and total uncertainty of everything at the same time. Then I got sick, then unbearably sicker, then I recovered, and in the process of dealing with the sickness, something cleared up inside my head. When I was overtaken by pain, I lost my tolerance of the spectacle and of the lying bastards who sell meaningless noise to us as they suck our energy. Regardless of where we are in life and where we live, we are children of nature, not cyborgs. It is from our connection to nature and to each other, including tactile connections, that we get our strength and our joy. What our psychotic, scared leaders are trying to do, whatever the proclaimed intention, is to break our spirits by disconnecting us from the life force itself. Which, by the way, is not unprecedented, as this is exactly how Europeans tried to conquer the indigenous. I am not dreaming. Something terrible is happening to us, and it's not a drill. Every small fragment of the disaster can be explained in a respectable way, but the big picture is terrifying. 
We've given up our senses and our ancient instincts, but our leaders have no heads. We are not in good hands. We're shackled to a broken algorithm. We are on our own. And the sooner we realize that, the better our chances of surviving. Our world is a lot closer to the corrupt and violent Middle Ages than it is to a tech utopian paradise. And the effect of continuing to believe in the rosy algorithmic myth maintained by people who are literally insane could actually kill us. Can we trust the algorithm? Years ago, Nicholas Carr raised an alarm about the impact of automation and our ability to make good decisions. His worry was based on the fact that as we outsource our logic and our decision-making process to computers and procedures, our natural ability to make good decisions will atrophy, much like unused muscles, with potentially devastating consequences. Furthermore, as legal frameworks form around the automated processes, even the most experienced and creative human beings will be forced to go against their senses and their hard-earned professional experience in situations that are less than trivial. It seems like the predictions are coming true and quickly. Data's rotten. Tests are toast. News is sullen. Coast to coast. Feudal darkness here and now. To the master's peasant's bow. Facts are fiction. Love is scream. Gossip stranding. Trends are mean. Here, here. Where's the joy? Ask Alexia. She'll annoy. We are all losing our minds. The latter really concerns me the most because I know that long-term stress is very effective in turning off human ability to think straight. Once we've been battered for long enough time, our sensory patterns will be damaged sufficiently and we'll be so exhausted and hungry for any semblance of joy that we'll accept anything to be allowed to do basic things in the world. To breathe, to laugh, to be a little bit alive, to be a little bit free. No matter how short the digital leash, we are like frogs in a pot of water that is warming up. We are getting used to it. Now, I'm not afraid of the plague like I was before. My sanity requires, well, sanity. And the numbers and the perspectives of a few outspoken scientists warrant caution, but not a total interruption of life. But even more importantly than the subjective call for sanity is the objective fact that the physical world is the only one we have. And we simply cannot avoid it and replace it with screens. So are we now going to freeze for another two years? For infinity? Can you imagine what's going to happen to our brains, our bodies and our lives? And I'm not even going into the question of the economy and broken lives because it's obvious to my senses that what's happening behind the scenes is a major restructuring of the markets. The power players don't care about the tiny spots of blood where the little guys were. We're nothing to them but cells in an Excel spreadsheet. They have a lot at stake, our very damaged messiahs. Unfortunately, regardless of the origin of this epidemic and of the ratio between randomness 
accident, incompetence and bad intentions, we are at a major crossroads. And I am positive that our time to be fully human, not cyborg, is now. Citizens are enemies of the state or children. Rulers are crazy parents or slaves to money. Television has long gone dark, but the lips keep moving. Somebody's helpless hand etching the hashtag sign in the poison sand.